0: Welcome to the Avail podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're speaking with Andy Butcher. Andy is an author, journalist, and editorial director for Four Rivers Media. He's worked in mainstream media, newspapers, Christian magazines, including communications officer for a missions agency, and he's co-authored 25 plus books. Lean in as Andy talks to us about the impact of media today, as well as share some practical tips on how to get your message out to the world and make a difference. Let's get started. welcome back everybody to another episode of the avail podcast where we talk about the art of leadership we love connecting with leaders who are making an impact locally nationally globally we love talking leadership and ministry and impact and influence and that's what we're going to do once again on this episode. We have an amazing guest. He's he's kind of, a, of, of an in-house part of our uh, Avail slash Inspire family. Uh, we're excited to connect with Andy Butcher. We're going to talk about a lot of interesting things, including the impact of media nowadays. We're going to be talking a little bit about um, if you have a message in you, how do you get it out there, and what's the difference we can all really, really make. So right now, without further ado, Andy, welcome to the avail podcast it's so good to have you here how you feeling
1: great today good to be with you Virgil glad to see you again
0: Every time we connect uh, as we work together in ministry and and in what the Lord is doing here on our teams and avail and inspire through the Four Rivers Media family, it always is a pleasure, Andy. And before we kind of, I have a lot of questions to ask you. I think our viewers and listeners are going to learn a lot in this conversation with you. But before we kind of dive into that, maybe you can share a little bit about yourself so everybody can understand who is Andy Butcher.
1: Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. First thing I, I normally uh, feel the need to do whenever I'm speaking to a group is to explain that I do not have an accent. <laughs> you all do, but uh, but that's okay. Uh, but for those with a fine ear uh, that's tuned, they may recognize that I'm not from around these parts originally. So I was born and raised in England, um, and I'm a third generation newspaper man. Uh, we, uh, My family's been in you know media, in uh, journalism wow. uh, for, for three generations. My late grandfather worked on one of the national newspapers in England as a political correspondent. Then my late father was a sports editor of a, a national newspaper, and I followed them. In fact, he and my mother, my mom, was also uh, a journalist. She was one of the pioneer women journalists back in the, in the 50s. But when they met in those days, couples couldn't work in the same place, and so she... Reluctantly, sadly, had to leave that profession and mm. uh, pursue other opportunities. But anyway, then I followed in their footsteps. I guess we have uh, printers' ink in our blood, okay. and so I've uh, been involved in uh, journalism, uh, media, news, books, uh, all all my working life. Um, yeah, that's awesome. You know, I, I think. Um... I think sometimes
0: sometimes God does that. He, he there, Sometimes there's a calling that's carried on kind of generationally in a, in a given family or even a gifting, um, and it's beautiful when that's redeemed for, for the Lord and for the kingdom. So uh, I think we're going to learn a lot with you today, Andy. I, I'd, I'd like to just start on, um, you know, as we were preparing for this Podcast, you mentioned about just the impact of media nowadays. We, we live in a time and an age where uh, media has a significant impact. Can we just can you just start that conversation?
1: Yeah, and to do so, I really need to go back and just kind of revisit a little bit of more of my story because you talked about you know generations and mm-hmm. heritage and, and legacy and that kind of a thing. Uh, and I like to believe that in some curious way, that's part of my story with God. Although I come from a Non-believing family, um, mm-hmm. so neither my parents or grandparents were. I wasn't brought up in church. Wow! Uh, so curiously, I uh, didn't come to faith, didn't come to know Jesus until really, truly, till I was in my um, early twenties, working professionally. I actually uh, left school at sixteen uh, and started working on the local newspaper. That's kind of how you used to do it back in those days. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that journalism wasn't really a profession. You know, as such, uh, it wasn't kind of an elite thing, mm-hmm. but it was more of a trade. It was a craft and you would apprentice would be how you do it. So, you you know, the kids would kind of join the local newspaper and learn the craft in-house and, and then go and study separately. So that's kind of how I did it. So mm-hmm. by the time I was in my early 20s, I was uh, working on a, a national, a, a daily newspaper uh, in England as a crime correspondent and covering medical issues, all kinds, you know, breaking news. Uh, but totally... Uh, as a secular person, I came to faith mm-hmm. and um, had this, you know, coming from a non, totally non-believing background, had this, you know, si- significant encounter with Jesus, the person of Jesus, and just wanted to serve Him. And because I had very little uh, experience or understanding of church, all I knew was that, well, if you if you love Jesus and wanted to work for Him, then you became a preacher, right? <laughs> um, unfortunately, I had two counts against me uh, on this. One that I I knew virtually nothing about the Bible, right? (laughs) And the second was that I was terrified of public speaking. So, you know, those things seem to kind of militate against this. Anyhow, anyhow, uh, after a couple of years, uh, a friend who was a pastor and and knew me, invited me to speak at his church. So with fear and trembling, I spent ages preparing and kind of getting ready and finally went over this day to deliver my first message and say, you know, petrified, went out there and kind of gave it my best shot and uh, honestly quietly thought I was brilliant. <laughs> you know, I thought, here's the new Billy Graham. So, but I was trying to look wholly but humble after the service. So I'm standing at the back of the church waiting for people to come out and the first person to come up to me was this sweet little old lady and she came up to me and she put her hand out to me and she took my hand, her, my, my hand in hers and she said, young man, she said, thank you for trying. <clears throat> <laughs> so I, I At that point, I thought, okay, so maybe preaching is not, you know, back to plan B. What can I do? Well, I can write. I'm a journalist. I can ask questions. So so I pursued that, and I left secular mainstream media, and I got involved in um, Christian endeavor, Christian work. I actually spent 10 years uh, serving with a missions agency in in a communications role, Mm. But uh, and this is actually, I am answering your question here, but I always felt kind of second class and a little Mm. bit second rate, like I wasn't really serving because I wasn't. You know, preaching and praying for people. I was doing this kind of work stuff. It didn't it didn't feel kind of legitimate mm-hmm. in some ways. And, and during that process, I, I felt that uh, the Lord led me through uh, this un- a, a, a kind of a paradigm shift, a new understanding of what I, you know, I'd been kind of gifted to do and where it fit and it comes out of the story of the 12 spies you know mm-hmm. Moses sending as they on the edge of the promised land and he sends the 12 spies out you know to to uh, investigate and um, you know think about it these were 12 people who were representatives of a larger group and they mm-hmm. were sent out uh, to to, in, to investigate to ask questions and then to come back and tell people what they had learned uh, i mean You could call them spies or you could call them journalists, right? I mean, that's what they were doing. In fact, if you you look at the instructions Moses gave them, they were kind of the essentials that you learn in communications 101. Who, what, why, where, when, and how? You know, these Mm -hmm. are the questions they they had to investigate in their 40 days in the promised land. And uh, as I say, there's a whole kind of extended parable out of this that we we don't have time to go into today maybe. But, But to get to the main point, these 12... Then came back, right? They came back after their forty days, and they brought back um, this report that there were giants in the land, and hey, we, you know, we shouldn't go in there. And um, Scripture tells us that they they, they describe this as a a bad report. Ten of them, remember, brought back a bad report. Oh, there are giants. We, we shouldn't go there. And think about what happened as a result of one bad report. Mm-hmm. An entire nation missed the purposes wow. of god instead of going into all that wow. god had for them you know the richness the fullness that he that he wanted for them <clears throat> they went on an extended detour and that's that's the power of the press if you will that's the power of media to report and uh, you know think today how that continues to happen how media and reporting I've called the 12 spies journalists but we could equally call them anybody in media because media is bringing reports of one kind or another it could be a movie it could be a book it could be could be a song but all those things what all all those what those things are doing are they are describing and explaining the world and how the world is yeah and they're doing it from a certain vantage point and so is the media, you know, that we are all of us swimming in 24-7, is it discipling us in the way that God wants us to walk and the way that God wants us to go? Or is it taking us on a detour? You know, think about issues like, you know, the environment and sexuality and immigration, and you name all these hot button issues. Is this reporting that's going on, is it leading us, drawing us into what God has for us? Or is it taking us away from his purposes and so you know with that kind of sense of uh, greater kind of understanding I, I really felt no this is important like and so those of us who are involved in communications of whatever form mm. really do have a part to play in discipling the nations i mean you know churches you know i, I believe you know love the local church believe in the local church um with the best one in the world, most churches get maybe a couple of opportunities a week to disciple people, you know, right. a, a Sunday and maybe a week or whatever. The news cycle is going 24-7 and it's discipling, a, you know, us and our neighbors, those that we're wanting to reach day after day by presenting, is it a good report or is it a bad report? You know,
0: That's so good. You know, as as you're talking, I I can't help but but also in the back of my mind, think about sometimes, you know, sometimes as Christians, we might tend to think, oh, the media, you know, it's so wrong. It's so evil. You know, we don't get involved in that. You know, how do we how do we break down that wall? Because what I'm hearing from you is, you know, there's a role that we that we have to play that we should play. And if we don't, you know, there's going to be consequences. How do we break that down?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've long had uh, a concern, you know, coming from the, the, the news world, of the way much of the church, you know, views journalists mm. as though they're kind of uh, the pariah. Now, it would certainly be true that more recently, over the last few we- y- years, the media has become increasingly polarised. And mm. there are areas, clearly and undeniably, where there is a bias – against the things of god mm-hmm. and faith that 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 is true but to, for us simply then to say oh well we're just going to ignore them right and you know just pretend they don't exist to put our fingers in our ears, is, is short sighted i think on a, for a couple of reasons one because all of our neighbors and friends and work colleagues and families they're absorbing this Sure, you know these reports every day. So Mm -hmm. if we don't know what they're hearing, how can we even begin to hope to counter it? And also, and we're probably going to get into this later, because it's doing that. What is the place for us as Christians to be involved in that domain of media and bringing back those good reports? You see, one thing that's really quite interesting is that um, when you look at the story, the actual reports of the ten and then Joshua and Caleb, they. Factually, they weren't very different. Mm-hmm. They both kind of agreed, yes, there are giants in the land, right? Mm-hmm. But Joshua and Caleb, in numbers, it says that they brought back a good report, it says in scripture, according to their own convictions. In other mm-hmm. words, according to their worldview, you know, their you know, belief. And their worldview was, yes, there are giants, but God has said. Mm-hmm. Right? So it was not so much the content that was different but the context and yeah. the understanding of that that was different and so I think that's one thing we need to bear in mind That, as I say yes we need to be wise and discerning but simply to kind of ignore it all is is short-sighted and it is also true that for all of the lamentable reporting that we may see going on out in the world there is some Terrific work being done yeah. by secular or mainstream non-believing journalists, who, in many ways, that they share similar convictions to believers because they believe in truth. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a difference. You know, we Christians believe in truth with a capital T, right? And and many journalists believe in truth with a small t. You know, just mm-hmm. the facts kind of thing. <clears throat> but they they believe in truth, and also journalists they have this kind of evangelical desire to change the world for the better. That's why they're doing it. They want people to know these things. So, as I say, if we simply view uh, the news media as the enemy, I think we're doing ourselves and them a disservice. And just one other thought uh, on that, though, coming to this you know, question of, of the news media and so on. I think another difference is where it kind of gets into maybe kind of the the, the the spiritual realm or dimension, uh, if you will, it says uh, in that report, when they brought back a bad report, you know, the 10, it says that this bad report, it caused the people's hearts to melt. And wow. I think we've all had that experience where we've watched the news for half an hour and our hearts have melted. Like, oh, this is all so awful, mm-hmm. poverty, desperation, like, it's just hopeless right and i don't believe that's god's intention for us you know when we hear these reports i believe god's intention not that our hearts would melt but they would that they would burn right mm-hmm. they would burn for this we want to change this injustice we want god to do something here so yeah it's kind of like that what's the dynamic going on there and in one corinthians 13 it, it says doesn't it you know in that great love passage it says that um Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Mm. And I think sometimes uh, one of the differences that, that we can see is that within the, the mainstream media, and you know, I, I recognize this from my own experience there, is that there can be a delighting, there can be a, re- a rejoicing in, in kind of the, the ugly. You know what I mean? We get captivated. We all have sure. that fallen capacity in us to rub a neck, you know. And we're only we only engage with this bad news because it's so awful, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas as believers we engage because our hearts break and because we want things to change. And so we don't delight in the evil, but we, we face it. We don't ignore, we don't ignore bad news, but we face it so we can call that we may one day rejoice in the truth about the change that make up. Yeah,
0: that's good. I I had never, I love the way you, you, you kind of illustrated this um, media kind of illustration with the story of the 12 the 12 spies because it really it really makes sense and as you were speaking andy it it, it reminded me you know i've learned that sometimes the the christian church assumes some some wrong positions one one wrong position that the christian church sometimes assumes is the protesting church we're against everything and against everybody another wrong uh um position the Christian church can assume is the cultural or the carnal church where, where there's like no difference, like the church and the world look the same, like there's no, nothing different. And then there's the absent church where everything's evil, everything, we don't want anything. And we're just over here in our own holy huddle. And and we don't even have a voice. There's not even a voice at the table because we're just absent and there's nothing to to say. And so, and so I think that's part of the challenge. How do we become the relevant church where we are in, but not
1: of, but we have a voice. We have a respect. Yeah. And I think the challenge therefore is, is sometimes we want to we want to uh, ignore the bad news because it makes us uncomfortable right mm-hmm. whereas I mean clearly scripture doesn't ignore bad news i mean right. if we took, if you took all the bad stuff out of the Bible, we'd have a very <laughs> slim book right <laughs> you know uh, so merely saying, oh that's you know that's terrible, that's you know <clears throat> um, we just we're not going to pretend it's not happening we, yeah, we become irrelevant, right
0: yeah. Yeah, that's good. So all you church leaders, pastors, ministry leaders, marketplace leaders out there, it's important to understand we, we have to know, we have to, we have to be at the table. We have to be involved in our communities. We have to know what's happening. Media has an important role. And there might be uh, men, women, and young people sitting in our congregations or in in our influential reach that we need to encourage them. Hey, go develop these giftings and these abilities and these talents and use them for the kingdom. And speaking of that, Andy, you know. Sometimes people feel like they have a message, whether it's a pastor that feels like that there's a message to get out to the world, whether it's a leader who feels like I want to reach this people group or this target audience and I want to make a difference. Can we talk a little bit about transitioning to that, Andy? You know, when you have a message, how, how do you get your message
1: out? Hmm. Yeah. Well, as you you know, I mean, the, 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 the opportunities and the channels are just multiplying, you know, from... Even when I started the industry, you had, you know, print, a newspaper, you got one, you know, one newspaper, two newspapers a day. And, you know, there were books and that and maybe in England, three channels, if you were lucky. Right. But look uh-huh. how multivarious now the opportunities are. So there's there's no limit to the potential. I think the first thing, though, probably I would say just from my own experience and working with, with other people is not to get seduced by the idea of scale. You Know that um, we're all blinded by social media and so on and so's got eight million followers and you know, <laughs> this, that, and the other. And the idea I think one of the mistakes we we do make in, in the church is we can we, we confuse or can scale with significance, you mm-hmm. know, and the fact that um, not every book is going to be a New York Times bestseller, right? But that's yep. okay. Doesn't mean, in fact, very few books right. are going to be New York Times bestsellers. That's why they are, right? Uh, but that doesn't mean that it what you have to say uh, is not, you know, sure. important. Um, so yeah, at first, yeah, don't don't be seduced by the bright lights, um, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but look at opportunities. So, for instance, if you're, you know, if you're a pastor and you you're obviously there's, you know, recorded. Um, Media now, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, online the videos and so on. There's podcasts like we're doing here. Those are Mm -hmm. are other great opportunities. But um, while there's a lot of talk about going digital, and that you know that's true, books still remain a really, really significant and crucial uh, kind of channel that I would encourage uh, anybody uh, to to consider pursuing because you know they are permanent. Uh, there's there's just something about uh, a physical book yeah. uh, that is that is that is different and okay I'm old and old school I do read digital I have a kindle but there's something about yeah. paper and ha- having something in your hands that is that is in a way unique and different so i have encouraged people to consider pursuing uh, you know writing looking to write books and there's a great um, great encouragement in the first chapter of Luke right okay I mean here's the, the missionary journalist, Luke, right? You know, he wrote the gospel. And then in this first chapter where he's writing about the early church, he has some just very simple advice there for anybody who's starting out in the first I don't know, two or three, four verses. He, he begins by talking to Theophilus, right? Saying, you know, dear Theophilus, you know, he says many have undertaken to, you know, write the accounts of all these things that are happening, right? Um, so first point there. Don't be discouraged if somebody's already else has said something right. about this. Don't think, oh well, Billy Graham wrote a book on prayer, so I'm not going to bother by you know writing one. <laughs> you may have something different to say, and just because you're not first to the table doesn't mean you're best. Where are all these other people who would try who undertook to take the accounts? Where are these accounts? They've gone away. Luke's account may have come later, but mm. it's the one that's come of lasting value. So again. We don't want to get seduced by the media idea of being bigger, brighter, faster, quicker—you know, instant or all, all, all that. There's a timeliness to to what we do. So, first thing would be, you know, don't be dis, don't be discouraged. Okay? Yes. And then second, he goes on to say, um, so I have you know investigated thoroughly, and he goes on to talk about how he's being diligent. Right? One of the um, temptations of Digital media is we just slap something down and throw it out there, right? You know, we just do it quickly, right? And kind of instant, you know. (laughs) Uh, And instant meals are okay, but they're not going to be nutritious over time, right? Right. Some things take some time and some diligence and some effort to really, you know, produce something of substance. And then then, uh, one of the other points is he goes on to say, and I've done this, you know, dear Theophilus, so that you may know. So, like, what's your point? Um, sometimes I find that um, there can be this um, kind of appeal that, hey, I, I want to I say something rather than having something to say. You know, so what's, what is the goal? What's the point of the message? Be very clear on specific on what you, what you want to say. From there, you can then start to kind of reverse engineer how you get to that point. So just some kind of very simple starting points there. And then, um, you know, for, for busy pastors, Uh, look for people to come and and work with you. I mean, you have people who run your sound systems. You have people who help you do this. Sometimes we need um, collaborators to work with us. Christian leaders around the world are taking advantage
0: of their free annual subscription to the avail journal. After all, each one of us should be taking the next step in our leadership journey. When you sign up for a free annual subscription to the avail journal, you'll enjoy interviews, articles, resources, and much more. For more information and to get subscribed today, visit availjournal.com. That's great advice. I think, you know, I think there's people on both ends of the spectrum, and also everywhere in between. As far as, oh my goodness, I have no, I can't even think about putting something, you know, writing a book or putting something. And then you have other people who are thinking, oh, I I could turn everything. You, what would you say from your experience, Andy? what, What do you think is the most common though? Like, like what is it that limits pastors or leaders or? you know, people that have a voice, uh, what what would you say is the biggest uh, few limitations that that people use as an excuse? You know, I can't do this.
1: Uh, Reason slash uh, excuse, I don't know. It's probably distraction. I mean, we are all constantly being distracted and trying to do too much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what is the thing that, you know, God has given us to do? And am I going to discipline myself and give my time to that? I mean, I, you know, I try to be diligent, but sometimes, you know, I can just fritter away time on just nothing. Right. You get on, you know, you get online, you go down this rabbit hole and you suddenly realize what happened. Right. So wow. I, I think the, the idea that you can do it all, we can't. That's, right. that, that's why God makes us go to sleep for six, seven, eight hours a night. Right. He just wants to remind us we can't do it all.
0: Yeah, that's good. You know, I think I think it's easy for for um leaders, pastors. I think even what you mentioned before thinking, oh, well, there's so much already out there. How is my voice going to make a difference, you know? Um and and, and I, I think I'd like to take the conversation there. Um what difference can we make? You know, little old me in South Florida or little old so and so in England, little old so-and-so, you know, you name the city, you name the state, you name the country. What difference can I make? What difference can we make? You know, can we talk a little bit about that,
1: Andy? Yeah, I think it it comes back to being, um, not being seduced by the idea of what we consider to be success, Mm -hmm. you know, right? Again, coming back to significance rather than success. But say you're a pastor. Like like yourself, right? You pastor mm-hmm. a congregation, I don't know, a few hundred people maybe that you've got, you know, or more, you've got mm-hmm. to in, influence and opportunity over. Now, they may, you know, they may go to a online or to a bookstore and want to find a book about a particular topic, but you have an inroad to them because they know you. And so if you were to write a book about something, they're going to have a heightened interest in maybe hearing it from you. And if they if they read a book, then they've got inroads into their people. And they say, I've read this great book that my pastor wrote. Mm. And so, you know, you, you may not reach thousands, but that you've got maybe hundreds sure. that you have greater potential to have an impact because you have that sense of association, connection and familiarity. Yeah. And I think also,
0: just to add to what you're saying, nobody starts up here like everybody has a process and a journey uh i don't think anybody's first book or first album or first project was the one right it's part of a of a personal growth and development journey that as we're doing something we get better and we learn and and we grow and we mature
1: well i mean you do get those you know incredible miracle exceptions, which is kind of, it's kind of like with, with the Powerball, right? Somebody wins the ticket, right? But yeah. come on. I mean, most people don't, You're right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, we talked about, as we were, you know, throwing some ideas about this podcast, um, you talked to me a little bit about encouraging leaders to know who their gatekeepers are. Um, I think that's a great yeah. conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it really kind of flows out of some of what we were talking about earlier, about our way of understanding mm-hmm. or re- recognizing the influence of media and the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, these good and bad reports are flowing, you know, all day. Um, and uh, within the, the, the news industry, within academia, they talk about uh, the people who make the decisions about what we see, what we read, you know, the editors, the producers, you know, etc. They call them gatekeepers you know because Mm -hmm. they're kind of the hinge and i back when i was having this kind of parable was kind of being you know drawn to me many years ago now i found that really intriguing because of for us you know who read scripture the kind of the scriptural biblical overlay there this idea of you know gatekeepers and the spiritual significance of that and there's actually a, a great little parable a parallel to this uh, Virgil 2 here in 2 Kings uh, chapter 7. And so this is when um, Samaria is under siege by the Syrians, right? And um, it, it's desperate, right? The the people are starving. I mean, they're turning to cannibalism. It's terrible. And the prophecy comes from Elisha that this time tomorrow, you know, today, bread costs, you know, fortune. Tomorrow, you won't be able to give it away. That's kind of, the you know, my butcher version mm-hmm. of, the, of, what, of the story, right? And people are ridiculous. But what happens is that there are four uh, leprous men, lepers, who have been obviously sent out from the city, right? And they kind of out and um And they go over to visit the Syrian camp, the enemy camp that's encamped around them, to see maybe, you know, we can scrounge something over there kind of thing. And when they get over there, they discover that God has sent some sort of noise into the camp and all the Syrians have fled. Mm. So the four lepers have this great feast and they're picking up all these riches and stuff. And uh, then they say, hang on, this is a day of good news that we are keeping to ourselves and that is not good. And scripture says, so they went to the walls and they called out to the gatekeepers and the gatekeepers shouted the news within the city and the people of the city went out and took, you know, the food and everything that the Syrians had left behind. Think about that. These gatekeepers, they were just passing on what they knew, but they mm. helped bring about the fulfillment of prophecy. Mm. Right. Yeah. So so, and, so these gatekeepers who decide what goes into the city, you know, our city or, you know, whether that be a physical city or our you know, church, you know, our community, if you yeah. will. These people who decide what goes in and out of our uh, cities are very influential. And so my, um, you know, challenge, if you will, to all of us is who are our local gatekeepers in our communities? Do Mm -hmm. we know their names? Do we pray for them? Do we engage with them? Or do we just, you know, murmur and criticize and say that, you know, they've got it all wrong again kind of thing? Because they have, whether they're aware of it or not, hugely, hugely influential roles in our people, in, though they may not recognize it, discipling us. They're dis, you know, we are following in a certain way in relation to the big issues of the day. And is that because we're being fed with good reports or bad reports? I love that.
0: I love that, especially from the perspective of, of, of the kingdom, like from the perspective of there's a role that we can play. I mean, I mean, there sometimes we we've we've set our vision so small and 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 we're we're incapable of seeing how much God wants to do and can do and the multifaceted giftings and areas that God wants to use us in our communities in our world today.
1: Uh, absolutely. And I mean you can imagine for somebody who felt like second rate, kind of second class, yeah. you know, to get this sense of Oh wow! I really, really have a part to play in this. It was, you know, just kind of liberating and exciting. And in fact, um, the uh, the famous book in his steps, probably everybody knows at least of the title. You know, Charles Sheldon, in about 120 years ago now. You know, this story that he wrote about a, com- a group of believers who decided to they, they would live their life with with everything they faced. What would Jesus do? Right? You know, remember. 10, 20 years ago, the What Would Jesus Do kind of wristbands were born out of this old classic book. And what I found fascinating, when I actually read the original book, I have a, on my shelf here somewhere, I have a copy that's like 110 years old. One of the main characters in Sheldon's story was a newspaper editor. Hmm. And he, Sheldon, talked about how this editor came to realize that his job as a journalist was as much a part of being a, a missionary and about advancing the kingdom of God as anything else. And what, you know, the book, you know, the book um, In His Steps was a huge success. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was fascinating was that uh, in about 1926, I think it was somewhere around there, Charles Sheldon, he was a, a, I think it was a Methodist pastor in Topeka, Kansas. The local newspaper invited him to edit their newspaper for a week as Jesus would. They gave him the secular newspaper. They gave him their newspaper (laughs) for a week. And he was the editor for a week editing it as jesus would do and it sold like tens of thousands of copies it was mm. incredible that's awesome you
0: know even even as we're talking about it, I, like i even think of we wouldn't have the we wouldn't have the physical bibles in our hands today if it wasn't because there were scribes there were people that were using their skills right. to write to report to receive to communicate there's there's so much here right.
1: um i love it I, and you even, know what i sorry just even when I was in uh, when I was in missions, you know, so I was spent ten years in missions, and again, like you know, what's this got to do with, you know, extending the kingdom? But as I read in there, you, you read in the Acts of the Apostles, I think it's chapter three, four, five, I forget, but it talks there. This phrase energized me. It said, "They reported all that God had done." <laughs> that was that was part of, integral to missions. They reported all that God had done, so the people who were sent sending knew what was happening where they were sent. So, yeah. That's good. I want to I want to as we get to the final stretch
0: here, Andy, I want to I want to get super practical. I'm I'm the type of person who loves practicality. And let's put let's put the tools in people's hands if if, and I know that there may be people of all ages and all generations. But let's just assume that let's really target um, maybe some young people that young leaders that. That maybe God is calling them. He's trying to awaken something in them. And from your experience in the in the media world, in the writing world, in the publishing, all this, what practical tips would you give to a person who's who's saying, I wanna, I wanna be used by God in in these giftings that apparently have to are connected to to media or communications or writing? What are just some practical tips from your experience and from your knowledge?
1: Gosh, that is a difficult question uh, because, you know, so much has changed right in the years mm-hmm. since you know, I started as a 16 year old with my uh, shorthand you know, notebook. I mean, the, the the world has changed so much and I'm even in a different country and culture. So in, ter- in terms of career wise, first thing I would say for any communicator, I would say of any kind that you've got to be a reader. You've got to be. A reader. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whether you end up doing scripts or books or sermon, whatever it is, it all involves thinking and writing. And you have to be a reader. Read widely. You know, read broadly. Read things you don't agree with. Now, don't be totally undiscerned. You know, undiscerning about it. Obviously, we want to have a, a healthy filter. But read uh, things widely that will stimulate you, that will encourage you, that will. Challenge you that will stretch you. So, so do that first. Um, then, secondly, I would say, uh, look for some gatekeepers that you either recognise to be significant or respect. Look for them, follow them, try to engage with them. We have opportunities to do that these days through social media in ways that we never did. Did you know? It used to be that the, you know, the anchorman was this remote figure on a. On a screen now that we've all got Twitter handles and you know this, that, and the other, so there are opportunities to engage. And uh, if you're going to be a, 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 a reader, also write. You know, not everything. You just start writing. You know, it's practice, practice, practice. Um, and um, th- there's there's just no way around sitting down putting putting the time in at the keyboard, you know, practicing. Look for small opportunities to um, to start writing. Start your own blog. Find local community uh, opportunities to write community newspapers, online. Uh, the, the online world is a great place to start because it is such a voracious consumer of content and material. They're always <laughs> looking for stuff. And... Sadly, in terms of career wise, they're looking for it for free. But it's a great place to start. And as you start to build up, you know, some what they call clips, or they used to call clips in the old days because they were literally physical, you know, clips of paper. But as you start to build up a body of work that provides you with an opportunity to go and show, here's some of what I've done, here's what I've got. So, yeah. I love that. Story. And I would say, just coming back to the 12 spies, you know, that story says two things. We need Christians to go and be part of redeeming the, the, the mainstream media, you know, we need that, but we also need the two dissenting voices. We also need, if you will, the um, specific or particular quote Christian media, if we can, if we can can call them that as well, we need that to bring that distinctive voice as well. So opportunities in both areas.
0: That's great. You know, just a review here for everybody who's taking notes. Uh, Here's the tips from Andy, be a reader. You got to read if you're going to get good at, At this art and 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 media and and communications uh look for some gatekeepers that you respect or identify with or are are making a difference actually start writing (laughs) start doing it practice it because the more you practice it the more you develop it and then look for small opportunities you look for small opportunities whether it's local community whether it's online opportunities to get some more reps in um this is great advice andy i love this um um, before we kind of close off i think i think I'd like to um, I'm going to, I want to point people to where they can connect with you. But before that um, I just feel, I feel that a person like yourself has so much, um, so much that God has placed in you and used you in, you know, and is still doing so, but just maybe from the perspective of, of, and, and let me use this phrase of a spiritual father. I think I think there's a role that you play along with many of your colleagues that are, you know, kind of on the same journey you've been on. There's a role, a lot of young people need spiritual fathers and and they need men and women of example, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers. Coming from the perspective or the tone of a spiritual father, can you just maybe encourage or um, just speak into the life of, 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 younger leaders from the perspective of God has a calling on their lives. And and, and as a voice, you have a voice and you have a track record in the world of media and writing and communications. How would you as a father, spiritually speaking, just encourage some young leaders right now in in this subject?
1: Um, Well, I, I would offer what I guess it would maybe be like a word of caution coming out of my own experience. um, You talk about me being a spiritual father. I don't feel that. Age-wise, I'm getting there, right? I'm a grandfather, but I still will often feel like this, you know, young, inexperienced, inadequate, you know, young guy, right, who doesn't know what's going on, you know, just just hope nobody notices kind of thing, right? But as I look back uh, on my own, you know, journey in a career and as a believer, um, I would say, Again, echoing some of what, 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 what I've said before, like, don't be seduced by success. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my story of my walk with Jesus as it goes on is, you know, it's been a slow um, journey into more and more understanding of his grace and his goodness and of his mercy and kindness. And for too long, I was still looking for affirmation, for acceptance, Mm. Uh, in what I, quote, succeeded at, rather than in the fact that I am a beloved son of the Father. So I would say that, you know, pursue your, you know, uh, passion, your career, but more than anything, pursue God first. Yeah, um, yeah I would say that. And, uh, I, and I again, maybe this speaks just more of me personally than generally. I think a challenge for all of us who are involved in... Um, Truth telling, if you will, one way or another. You know, whether you're a journalist who's writing about things that are wrong in the world and may need to change, you know, or whether you're a pastor, right, bringing the word of the Lord, or whether you're a politician, you know, actively, actively trying to make change, or you're an act, you know, activist, NGO, whatever. If you're involved in in truth telling, I think it's very easy for us, for me, to go from pursuing righteousness to being self-righteous from holiness to holier than thou and i think Mm -hmm. that's particularly with the bright lights and the big you know hey you know bestseller you know we can we can get seduced by that and i you know i come back and again i wish i had grappled with this more Mm -hmm. at a younger age psalm 51 david says you know god speaks to god says god you desire truth in the inmost parts. I think it's very easy for us to go around wanting to give other people the truth. You know, don't, and, and, you know, in some, some extremes of the justice movement, we see that we're busy going around wagging our fingers, at that, you know, other people, and, you know, where that... But it doesn't say God wants truth on the front page. I think he does. But primarily, he wants it first in the inmost parts. And so, yeah, that's just a caution that we should shepherd yeah. our hearts so that we can truly... The better kind of vehicles and uh, for what he has to say when we get the opportunity to be part of sharing that. That is wonderful. That's
0: come on, everybody. I know you're listening, you're watching, you're saying this is good. That's good, Andy. I I think, I think that word of caution is the word that we need sometimes from, from, from a a person who is in a spiritual father. Hey, you've been running this race and there's a lot that you have to offer not only people now, but, you know, even even your colleagues. So I'm, I'm thankful for you. I'd love for people to be able to connect with you, Andy. How can people find you online? What's the best ways?
1: Sure. Uh, they can find me online at Andy dot com or through uh, Four Rivers Media, where uh, we intersect. One of the things I'm involved with, I'm the, the editorial director at Four Rivers Media overseeing books and magazines, one of which is called uh, inspire magazine yeah i mean that's our Ooh. conversation is all about going into these areas of the world as king with a kingdom perspective so mm-hmm. the media and government and finance and business and all these places encouraging people to have that spy mentality if you will going out and being part of this this kingdom mission that we have
0: yeah i love that inspire by the way for everybody all the avail Extended family here. Uh, Inspire is a sister brand uh, of Avail, uh, whereas Avail kind of focuses a little bit more on ministry leadership. Uh, Inspire really focuses more on marketplace leadership and how we. It's not just the top two percent of the Christian church, which is the leaders of the church, but it's 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 the rest of the ninety eight percent of people who are sitting in the chairs, in the pews, in the churches, who are believers in the community. Uh, I love that, uh, Andy. How, how can people access? Uh, inspire is there a website for inspire
1: yeah uh, if you go to inspire and you can get free access to the digital magazine there mm. and uh, many of the other resources too yeah that's awesome
0: that's awesome i will mention uh inspire is an awesome, awesome uh, leadership magazine as well, um, as well as our, our, our good friend, uh, Dr. Chris Bowen, who hosts the Inspire podcast. Uh, great conversations as well with uh, lead, marketplace leaders in the community. Um, love it, love it, love it. And so you guys heard it here. For more on Andy Butcher, you can find him on Twitter. You can find him at andybutcheronline.com. You can also go to inspirecollective.com to see a little bit about that, that he gets to work part of. Uh, and you guys know if, you, if you've been watching or listening available you can get the Avail magazine the Avail magazine there he is none other than Dr. Sam Chand (laughs) Dr. Sam Chand and Martine, and the whole Avail team this is one of the most awesome leadership resources for Christian leaders if you go to availjournal.com you can access your free annual subscription this is one year for free on behalf of Avail we love you we want to equip you in the art of leadership Um, I I know Andy you've seen the Avail Avail's for real too right?
1: It is one of my dear friends, the old colleagues there uh, Matt green is at the helm. they doing a fantastic job. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, this has been such a, such a, um, insightful conversation. And I think it's going to bless a lot of people, Andy, as we kind of finish off, what, what, what's one final, um, final word, final nugget you want to leave in everybody's heart?
1: Um, it would not be uh, journalism uh, related specifically. It would come back to, I was speaking about uh, about guarding, you know, our hearts before yeah. we go into whatever mission that God has given to us. And I've uh, been recently struck, uh, I've been reading through the Psalms. I mentioned Psalm 51, recently been reading through the Psalms and was struck again in Psalm 51, once again, that we I just referenced where, but it's David talks in the opening verses there about God's uh, steadfast love and his abundant mercy. Mm. And for me, um, you know, we talk about the gospel, you know, the gospel train. Those are the tracks that the gospel runs on, his steadfast love and his yeah. abundant mercy. And how can each of us, each day, look to both experience and press into more of that for ourselves, but also be conduits of that To those the world around us, both his steadfast love and his abundant mercy.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's a good word. This has been great, Andy. Uh, You know, what a blessing. What a a treat we've had here on the Avail podcast today. Uh, On behalf of the Avail team, uh, we just want to tell you we're thankful for you, brother. Uh, We honor you. And, uh, you know, even just on a personal level, I'm really proud of you, Andy. I think you bring such great skill and experience and gifting uh, to the Inspire team, to to our Four Rivers media team. And uh, we really love what God is doing in your life.
1: Well, Virgil, I appreciate that. And I have to say, I'm used to being the ones used to being asking the questions. So you made it very painless for me. Thank you. You do a, a great job. And I hope most people... Uh, understood my uh, non-accent so <laughs> we loved it I loved hey it, it made things change Change it up a little bit
0: with, it, with the non-accent I loved it uh, thanks for being with us we really bless you and we're thankful for your life Andy hey Thank everybody thanks, thanks, for for, thanks for connecting with us Andy has been a blessing uh, andybutcheronline.com you can uh, take a little uh, take a look more at some of his stuff even some of his books uh, inspirecollective.com uh, you're going to see a lot of his current work there in those uh, magazines you're going to love that remember you can stay connected with us here at the avail podcast so you can continue to learn and grow in the art of leadership we'll see you next time right here on the avail podcast thank you for joining us for this episode of the avail podcast we hope you've been intrigued by this conversation with andy butcher remember you can connect with andy on twitter and also at andybutcheronline.com for more leadership resources check us out at theartofleadership.com And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. And if you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, visit us at availleadershipconnect.com. As always, I'm your Avail media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail podcast.